right? Notice those last two verses that he just read in Psalms 139 where it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me the way everlasting. And right here, while this is a psalm, uh, many of the psalms we see in the Bible are also prayers where David is literally uh, saying a prayer to God in song. And these are requests, things that... um, he wasn't just saying these words because they sounded good or made him feel good. I mean, this is what he was feeling in his heart. This is him going and bringing a petition to God and saying, I want these things. And, you know, we all like certain parts of Psalms 139, especially when he's, you know, praying against his enemies. You know, we like that part. But then we don't really like to pay as much attention to these last two verses where he's telling God to search him and to know his heart. We see in the beginning of the chapter He's saying, O Lord, Thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my downsitting and uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. We're not going to go through all that. But he's just basically just telling God, Lord, You know everything there is to know about me. You know, I mean, the ins and outs of me, everything there is to know. But often when it comes to ourselves, we don't know those things. You know, our heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. And so it's very easy for us to get to a point in our Christian life where we feel like we're doing pretty good but we might not be doing real good. You know, we're, we're real good. And the truth is, it doesn't take much to impress other Christians these days. You know, we've all been taught, especially too, we've been taught not to judge so much. It's not real hard. You know, if you just come to this church and don't stir up trouble, people are probably going to love you and like you. And you, you can have all kinds of issues in your life and you'll probably be fine with all of us. But at the end of the day, you know, we should have this desire to please God and to be pleasing Christ in our life. And what I want to talk about today, uh, the title of my message is a life changing prayer because every one of us, you know, we all claim we want to be prayer warriors, but often our motivation for being a prayer warrior is we want to learn how to get the things that we want from Santa Claus. Basically, if we were being real honest, that's kind of how we are in our prayer life. Our prayer life pretty much consists of us just asking God to give us things, trying to get God to align with our will. I mean, that is a lot of our prayer life. And in my experience and in living the Christian life and in prayer, especially, you know, I can say there's going to be many times in your life where you're going to have to have a great deal of patience and faith before you're going to see your prayers answered. There are some things, I mean, God is going to just make you wait. You're going to have to go to those passages in the Bible where it says to wait on the Lord and take comfort in those because it's going to be a long wait. And it's going to really test your faith. Um, But you know what? There's going to be, uh, you know, there are going to be things that you want to learn, but they're they're going to take you years. They're going to take you hours and hours of study before you're going to get all those things nailed down. But you know what? We're not talking about those things today, though. What I want to talk about is a prayer that in my experience, it always gets answered and it gets answered real fast. All right. You you all want to get some quick results on some prayers. You know, you all want those instant results. You know, like those instant diet pills are always, you know, showing you. All right, let me tell you, let me tell you a prayer that you can do that will get you results real fast, and that is a prayer for God to reveal what sin is in your life. You want to get a prayer answered real fast? Just ask the Lord, Lord, you show me what sin is in my life. Lord, you show me what I need to purge from my life. And I'm telling you, He's going to answer that one so fast. It's it's not even funny. I mean, it's one of those things, you, you know, you've seen it before where, you know, people will like, you know, ask you a question, you know, who do you like, you know, what do you like better, 
you know, McDonald's or Burger and before they can even get Burger King, I mean, McDonald's, I mean, you just, you, you know the answer, right? You, you know, you wouldn't do it probably with those. But a lot of times there's things we know the answer for so fast, you know, or maybe if, if you're talking to your wife, okay, you know, there's things that you almost don't even have to ask her. And if, even if you start to do it, she can answer the question before you finish the question because she's ready to give you the answer on that. And the Lord, he wants to reveal sin that's in our life. And as soon as we, as soon as we signal him that we want to know what it is that he wants to purge from our life, he's going to, he's going to tell us fast. This isn't going to be like some of the prayers where you're going to have to wait and you're going to have patience. I promise. And if you come up to me after church, say, Pastor, I've been praying for years for the Lord to show me any sin that's in my life and he hasn't shown me anything. I'm not going to believe you. Okay. I'm, I'm just, I will not believe you. I will, I will laugh in your face because I just don't believe for one second that that is going to be the case. I believe God is going to reveal this and he's going to do it quickly. And you know, and it's, and, and it's going to be the, and the, the sin he's going to re- reveal to you, it's going to be the truth about the sin that's in your own personal life. Okay. Not the sin that's in somebody else's life. Some of you all have been praying to find out what the sins are in other people's lives. And you think the Lord's been answering that one real fast for you too. Okay, but that's not really what he's interested in doing. And if you really want this, I do. I believe the Holy Spirit will help you experience some real legitimate hard preaching. Okay, I'm not talking, you know, when I was growing up, hard preaching was when the pastor was nailing the hides of the people in the congregation. Today, hard preaching is when we're nailing the hides of somebody who's not in the room. Okay, you know, that's not hard preaching, folks. Hard preaching is when you've got to look the people in the eyes that you're, whose nose, of the noses that you're tweaking. All right, you know, that's real hard preaching right there when you're dealing with the problems in the room, not problems on the internet. That is not hard preaching. Uh, that's, that's an updated definition that I do not buy into. And let me tell you something. You want to know who's a hard preacher? It's the Holy Spirit. And He will nail your high to the wall. He will make you feel guilty. And He will make you feel like. It's the Holy Spirit that often makes you feel like the preacher's preaching right at you. Okay. Sometimes the preacher's preaching right at you. Okay. I, I try not to snipe. I, you know, I, tr- I try not to snipe. But, you know, the chances are if you're really feeling it, if you're really feeling it, it's probably the Holy Spirit, not me. But I'm not going to say that it's, it's never happened. I try not to do it. But uh, look at what it says in John 16. Because if you do, if you allow the Holy Spirit, if you allow Him, the Holy Spirit will reveal sin in your life. This is one of His jobs. In, in John 16, verse 8, says, and when he has come, talking about the Holy Spirit, he will reprove the world of sin. And it says, and of righteousness and of judgment of sin, because they believe not on me. Now, the first thing that the Holy Spirit does is he does. He tries to show people their need to believe on Christ. That's his main thing. But the, th- but the other thing with that, for the Holy Spirit to reveal that you need to believe on Christ, he does have to reveal the fact that you're a sinner, too, and that you need Satan. And that's why he comes and he reproves the world of sin and of righteousness. He shows us what sin is. He shows us what righteousness is, and that's Jesus Christ, and it's not you. And so the Holy Spirit, one of, the, one of his main roles that he has is to reveal sin, to show the truth about sin. He's going to do that. He's going to make it clear. And when you are reading your Bible, when you are listening to preaching, if the Holy Spirit gets involved, he is going to be revealing sin. 
and, and the Holy Spirit, He can reveal other great truths too. A lot of us, we're always praying that the Holy Spirit will reveal all the deep biblical truths about end time prophecy and things like that. And I'm not going to say the Holy Spirit won't help you out with that. I believe He does help you out with that. But I believe what He's going to be more likely to help you out with is revealing the sin that's in your life. We've got a lot of Christians today, they're going to their Bibles with this great desire to learn some deep you know, spiritual truth that no one else knows, or they're trying to obtain some knowledge you know, that would really make them look good if they could obtain it, and they're asking the Holy Spirit to help them with that. The problem is the Holy Spirit, He's there, but He's really wanting to help you get the sin taken care of in your life first. I mean, because you know what? Who cares if you know all mysteries, but you don't have charity? I believe there's a passage in the Bible about that somewhere. So the thing is, we've got a lot of Christians today, it's like they've kind of, you know, they've come to a standstill in their Christian walk, they've come to a standstill in their Bible study, and they just feel like, oh, I'm not getting anything, I'm not learning anything. A lot of people even get that way in church too, where it's like, you know, Pastor, I just I just feel like I'm, I'm, I'm stuck, I'm just not getting anything, I'm not getting fed. Well, you know, that's possible, but sometimes it's just because people aren't getting what they want. You know, the pastor's been spending a lot of time preaching on sin, and you're not willing to repent of any of your sin, and then you wonder why you're at a standstill. Why would the Holy Spirit reveal those deeper things to you when He's not going to reveal the more important things, things that would actually help you be a better Christian? I mean, really, you know, does being uh, you know, right on end times make you a better, better father? Did that stop you from beating your wife? Did that all of a sudden you know, make you a decent person? Did that all of a sudden, when you figured out the truth about end times, did all of a sudden now you just develop this better character where you actually were able to you know, be a productive worker on your job? You started paying your bills. You started just doing all these things that are expected from us as, as men. Did that help you with it? I mean, I guess it could have. But at the end of the day, if you're failing in all these other areas, don't expect God to help you in those areas. And as I've just been praying and praying, the Lord will reveal these deep truths. He'll do these uh, things in my life. But you know what? Right now, what the Holy Spirit probably wants to do, He probably wants to clean you up. You know, God doesn't want to use a dirty vessel. He wants to clean you. He wants to cleanse you. And so if you're not going to listen, then He's not going to show you anything. Now turn over to Ephesians chapter 4. Because, you know, there, so, there's some people that it's just pointless to talk to. You know, every once in a while, I'll get the emails and I'll, or I'll have somebody leave a YouTube comment just asking a question. And it's just very clear from the question, they're not going to listen to anything I say. You know, you, you run into that. I run into that all the time where it's like, you know, I'm not even going to answer this question. You know, it, or, or even too, you know, there's preachers out there who aren't even right on the gospel, who believe multiple ways of salvation, but they want to talk to me about end times. And it's like, hey, after you get salvation, figure it out. Let's have a conversation. You know, I just feel like uh, I, I feel like this prophecy stuff is just not real important when you're not saved. Okay, so let's uh, you know let's talk about that first. Okay, but in Ephesians 4:21, because that's how the Lord is. He's wanting to tell us. You know, we often are asking for Him to tell us things, but the problem is we don't want to listen to the things that He wants to tell us. And it says in Ephesians 4:21. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Wait a minute, I thought that happened when I got saved. No, it didn't. When you got saved, you did receive the new man, but now you have to put off the old man. You have to do that. And he says, to be, in verse 23, and to be renewed 
in the spirit of your mind. Is this a one-time thing or is this a constant thing? It's a constant thing. This is an everyday thing. Every day, you need to put off that old man. You need to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that ye put on the new man. So again, the putting on the new man is not salvation. Because this is something we do. We put on the new man. This is where we saw, I've got, you know, the Lord, He, you know, gave me this spiritual life. But now I've got to make this conscious choice every day to walk in that new man. And this is, this is a daily decision you have to make. It says, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good that ye may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Now, notice Paul, he's given all these rules here. These are rules, aren't they? Okay? A lot of people would say Paul is a legalist. I mean, he's telling you, you can't do this, don't do this. But the truth is, we aren't supposed to do these things, and when we do, the Bible says we grieve the Holy Spirit, that Holy Spirit that seals us to the day of redemption. Okay? This is another reminder of eternal security here. Because right here, this is showing that a saved person can walk in the old man and in the process, grieve that Holy Spirit that seals us to the day of redemption. I mean, this sounds very strongly like it's implying that even a bad Christian is going to stay saved. But you know what you're going to do? You're going to grieve the Holy Spirit of God when you do that. And that we should not do that. And because we don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit, we got a few more rules here. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. So here again, we see all these things that God does not want us doing, that are things that are going to grieve the Holy Spirit of God. And often you have Christians, you have saved people who are living lives doing all these things that Paul said, or many of these things that grieve the Holy Spirit. And then they wonder why the Holy Spirit's not revealing deeper truths to them. They wonder why the Holy Spirit isn't showing them the truth about things in the Word of God. You know why? Because the Holy Spirit's trying to clean you up first. There is absolutely no point in teaching you these other things when you can't even get these basics down. If you're just living a lascivious lifestyle, why is God going to show you these things? Why is He going to reveal these things? Why is He going to answer these other prayers? You need to get these things nailed down. But to, you know what most Christians do today? We're just ignoring these things. We're just, we're not even thinking about it. This isn't, it's something that's not even on our radar. And as Christians, we should always be sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. We should that, that should be our attitude. When you come to church, when you're listening to preaching, you should be have you should just have this attitude in your heart. Lord, is this for me? Lord, you, do you uh, you know before the sermon starts? You know, Lord, help me to be ready to hear from you today. In case there's something I need to fix. In case there's something that I need to do. Don't get up and say, pray, you know, pray Pastor Tommy really nails somebody's hide to the wall that I don't like. Hey, and I, listen, I preach against other groups and things sometimes too. But, you know, if you're all getting all excited about that, but then when I'm nailing your hide to the wall, 
you know, you're daydreaming, you know, your priorities are wrong. You know, you should come to church primarily to get your, you know, you know have your hide tanned. All right. Not somebody else's. Not to just watch the show. This, is, this isn't supposed to be a place where we just come and I just put on a show of how controversial I can be and how many people I can make. And there is a time and a place for that. But that's all some people want. You know what's more important? Stuff like this. And you know, stuff like this isn't popular. Stuff like this doesn't get the views on YouTube. But let me tell you, stuff like this is what will actually change your life. Stuff like this is what will actually help you learn all the, the, the other things in the Bible. You'll actually get the deeper things in the Bible figured out yourself if you would actually do these other things and let the Holy Spirit clean you up. God would actually end up using you. I, I believe that doing these things would actually make you a better soul winner. I, I'm all for teaching, giving soul winning tips and learning. I mean, they're, they're, I think these things are wonderful. But I think what we need more than anything when we go out soul winning is the Holy Spirit. And maybe if we clean ourselves up, we'd be empowered by the Holy Spirit and we could actually be much more effective. We would know what to say even better. I mean, just getting, getting these things down is going to fix so many things in our life. This is what's really important, yet it's this type of thing you know, that's lacking. You know, and, and you have these people too, they accuse me of always just trying to preach these controversial clickbaity type things and stuff. It's like, no, those are just the only things you watch. Because when I preach stuff like this, you know, these things don't go viral. But this, this is the kind of stuff that should. Because it's more important. So we ought to always be sensitive to the Spirit of God. And let me tell you, this prayer, this prayer that David prayed of search me, O God, see if there be any wicked way in me, this should be a major part of our prayer life. But let me ask you, just, you know, nobody's confessing anything right now, but how much of our prayer life is about this kind of thing? You know, Lord, help me to be a more godly individual. Lord, help me conquer the sin that's in my life. I, I'm struggling in this area. I spend too much time in this. I'm involved in this problem. I got that problem. Lord, help me overcome the sin that's in my life. I'm afraid that that's just not what we do. It's just, Lord, give me this, give me this, give me this. I need this, I need this. You help me pay this bill. It's just a wish list. I mean, it's literally, we go to God like a kid sitting on Santa Claus's lap, just asking for all the things and saying, I was really good this year. And that's how we act. Lord, I've been really good this year. I think it's about time you finally answer this prayer for me and kill my enemy that I have. You know, that's, that's kind of how we are. And that's not what God's wanting. God's wanting, you know what? I want you to kill that old man. That old man that's corrupt in his deeds. That's what I want. I want to take care of. I want you to crucify that flesh of yours. And I want you to learn to walk in the spirit. And you know what? As far as your enemy goes, he's not your problem. He's my problem. You know what you get to do? You get to love your enemy. Have fun with that. That's what being godly actually is. That's what God wants from us. But I'm afraid we've just left this out of our prayer life. And this needs to be added into our prayer life. And so if your heart is right, the Word of God, it's going to reveal the sin that's in your life. Turn to Psalms 19. It's one of my favorite passages of, of Scripture. And, and remember, think of, always be reading these passages, you know, thinking of yourself in mind. Not other people. Okay? Think of yourself. It says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The law of God makes it very clear what is right and what is wrong. It reveals the truth about this stuff. You know, we, we, if you are actually reading your Bible, if you do it for any length of time, 
you are not going to be able to claim ignorance when it comes to certain sins. It's just not going to happen. You know, if we all get busted by the IRS for something crazy, we could all claim ignorance on that because the tax code is so complicated. You know, there's a lot of things that'd be easy to do and people would probably believe us. But when it comes to the law of God, that's not the case because the law, of the, the testimony of the Lord is sure making wise the simple. I mean, an ignorant, a person who's not very smart, if they just know how to read, they could read the Bible and they can figure out right and wrong. It's that, that easy. And the word of God does that. The statutes of the Lord are right rejoicing the heart the commandment of the lord is pure enlightening the eyes you know not only will the bible teach you what is right and wrong it'll help you understand why things are right and why things are wrong the word of god will will reveal that to you the fear of the lord is clean enduring forever the judgments of the lord are true and righteous altogether more to be desired are they than gold Yea, then much fine gold, sweeter also than honey in the honeycomb. But you know what? Most of y'all are praying for gold rather than you are praying for the Word of God to just enlighten your life and to reveal the sin that's in your life. We do. We spend all our time praying for gold, yet the Bible says the things in the Word of God, the God's laws, God's commands, the things that reveal sin in our life, the Bible says those things are more to be desired than gold. We're often praying for things of lesser value that we're probably not going to get when we could be praying for things of far greater value that we would be guaranteed to get. And that's that needs to be the focus. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. You know, if we'd actually start being righteous, we might start seeing some of the rewards from it. And then maybe, maybe you get some, you would get some of those things that you've been wanting in, in a carnal way. But here's the thing about that too. When it, you know, often the things that we ask for, we want them thinking these things will bring us joy, peace, happiness, fulfillment, whatever. And usually we're wrong. But if we would do the thing God wants us to do, God will give us all the joy, peace, fulfillment, all those things that we think would come from those other things. But it would just probably come from something other than gold or something like that. But he goes on and he says, who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. So again, the motivation of this psalm that David is writing here is he's wanting to make sure He's got the sin out of his life. David had that desire to be righteous and to be pleasing to God. And you know what? Too many people, they're looking for a church today where the preacher is just going to give them a list of rules to follow instead of just trying to hear from God himself. And folks, there's, there's, a, there's a big difference there. I can get up here and just tell you what to do. And then if you just want to blindly follow it, I mean, I guess you could do that and it might prevent you from doing a sin or two. But wouldn't it be better if the Lord just revealed it to you and you understood it and it was your belief and it was your conviction and you weren't just blindly following me and then looking like an idiot whenever you get questioned on these things and feeling like you're in a cult after somebody talks to you? Wouldn't it be better if you just had full assurance of why you were doing these things and you knew it was from God, then it doesn't matter anymore. And the thing is too, 
if you know the you know if the word of god has enlightened your eyes you might even be able to help somebody else with that and say let me show you why i do this and you know here, here's what it says in the bible and that works a whole lot better than my pastor says you know because again a lot of people even people who don't know the bible very well they understand it's the word of god and if you have a bible verse there's a lot of that there's a lot of weight to that there's a lot of power in that it says in isaiah 6 5 he said, then said I, woe is me for I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of an un- of people of unclean lips for mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. You know, when Isaiah got in the presence of God, he saw himself as unclean. All of a sudden now, I'm sure he probably heard some preaching about unclean lips before. I'm sure he knew some of the rules. I'm sure he knew what the law said about blaspheming God and things like that. But you know what? It wasn't until Isaiah got in the presence of God that all of a sudden now he knew exactly what his sins were. When he got in the presence of God, he knew exactly what was wrong with him. He understood what was wrong with him. He didn't need a Bible verse. He didn't need a preacher yelling in his face. He didn't need a list. He didn't need anything like that. You know why? He was in the presence of God and it became very clear what was wrong with him. And if we would actually uh, uh, you know, yield to the Holy Spirit, if we would get in the presence of the Holy Spirit of God, you are going to know the truth about what's going on in your life. You're going to know what needs to be done. I won't need to give you a verse. I won't need to yell at you. You will know if you actually get in the presence of God. But you know what? Most people aren't looking for that. Most of us are like the children of Israel. When God came down on the mountain and they heard the voice of God and they saw the mountain shake and all those things that went on, you know what their request was to Moses? Don't ever let that happen again. If God comes down again, you know, we're going to all die. And that was their attitude. And you know what? That's how we are. Whenever the Holy Spirit actually does come around and He tries to do a work in our life, we get freaked out. Because we start seeing too many problems with ourselves. And a lot of times too, you know, maybe it was, you know, you know, maybe the Holy Spirit met during the preaching. And during the preaching, man, you did, you got convicted. The Holy Ghost was all over you. You felt terrible because of all the sin that you've allowed in your life. And you know what? A lot of people get freaked out about it. You know what they do? They go run over to Pastor Twinkletoe's church where he never preaches against anything. That's what they do. Because he makes them feel good about all the sin that's in their life. They make they, they get up and they talk bad about anybody that makes you feel bad for your sins. But folks, that's what the Holy Spirit does. And that's why you can't find the Holy Ghost in these kind of churches. He's not there. When He shows up, somebody's going to get convicted. It's just going to happen, folks. Somebody's going to get convicted. The Holy Ghost showing up. You know, I guess a, a good way to compare it you know, if I may use a, a carnal illustration too, you know, it's like, I'm trying to think of a way to do it where it's not real offensive. All right. But, you know, you know, sometimes we can feel pretty good about ourselves physically. Right. But then you maybe you get around that person that's just like really in shape or something. And all of a sudden you start, you know, you feel inferior. Right. And it's like, it's kind of how it is with the Holy Spirit. When he comes around and we're actually around somebody that's holy also, we're like, you know, I'm in pretty bad shape. You know, we all think we're in good shape until we watch the Olympics or something like that. And it's like, man, I can't do any of those things those people do. I mean, I can't, I can't do most things the women do in the Olympics. I mean, they, and, you know, and so the thing is, you know, amongst us non-Olympians here, I can feel pretty good about myself. But I get around Olympians, we got another problem. You know, I'm going I'm to be feeling completely different. And that's how it is when the Holy Spirit gets around... You're going to get convicted. But folks, that's a good thing. 
And you know what? It would be good for us to probably go hang around with some Olympians. Maybe it'll motivate us to exercise a little more and try a little harder. You know, that's probably not a bad thing. If you're going to go and you're going to try to get in shape, it'd probably help if you had a trainer that was actually in shape. They would, you know, they would motivate you and uh, inspire you into thinking it can be done. But if you go to, if you go to Pastor Twinkletoe's church where everybody is a wreck and nobody's getting any victory in their life, then you know what? You're not going to feel so bad about yourself. And we need that. And we need that. We need it bad. And, and we want the Holy Spirit to show up so He will do that to us because it's a good thing. And so we need to be ready and willing to let God mold us into His image. Now, look what it says in Philippians 3. Now, here's the thing about getting being molded into His image. And there's a lot of passages we can go to about this. But it can be a painful process. You know, let me tell you, getting the sin cleaned up in your life, it's going to be a painful process. It says in Philippians 3.10, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection. I like the sound of that. I want to, you know, who wants to know God? Yeah, we all, we all want to know God, right? I want to know Him. I want to know the power of His resurrection. I want that power. But then I, but also, and the fellowship of His sufferings. Eh, can I skip that lesson? <laughs> I just want the power part. No. You gotta get, you're gonna have to get the package. You're gonna have to learn the fellowship of his sufferings too. That's not fun. Being made conformable unto his death. That doesn't sound good either. But if I, by any, if by any means, I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Paul's saying, you know, I would love it if I could get to that person that God is gonna change me into in his resurrection. He's like, that's my goal. My goal is to get to where I'm going to be at the resurrection, which is like Christ. Okay? Now, obviously, none of us are going to make it. And he says here, not as though I had already attained. He's like, I'm not there. Either we're yet already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of in Christ Jesus. We all have the righteousness of Christ imputed unto us. We all understand that, don't we? When you got saved, you received the imputed righteousness of Christ. So when we stand before God someday, we are not going to be judged according to our works. We're going to be judged according to the works of Jesus Christ. Thank God for that. And so in Christ, we have this standing of righteous, perfect. Okay. So you know what Paul said? Since I have that, I'm going to shoot for that. He's like, I, I, I have it spiritually in Christ. But in this flesh, I don't have it right now. But he's like, that's what I'm going for. Paul wasn't just satisfied with, well, you know, I'm better than most people, even though Paul was better than most people. Paul's like, I want to be like Christ. That needs to be the attitude of all of us. And so, um, you know, this uh, Psalms chapter 51, this is another, uh, this is the prayer of David after he was confronted about his sin with Bathsheba. And he says, um, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me uh, thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is ever before me. And we know that while David did this great sin, God did forgive him. But did David suffer on this earth as a result of what he did? You better believe he suffered. David he went through a lot because of the sins that he did. And you've got to understand, God's work in your life is going to reveal things about yourself 
that you're probably not going to be too happy to find out about. You know, and David did not feel good when he was writing this psalm. I think David felt really bad. But David wanted to know. David wanted to know he, the truth. The truth got to him, and it was a painful thing. But you know, we, I, I do believe he got right. And James 1.22 says, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man should be blessed in his deed. Looking into the word of God, it reveals the truth about us. It's like looking into a mirror. One of the things that's so painful about mirrors is mirrors don't lie. And the truth is, the word of God doesn't lie. What you see when you're looking in that mirror is what you really look like. That is what you look like. You know, I'm, I'm sorry. You know, they always talk about the camera adds 10 pounds of things. You know, no, it doesn't. That's what you look like. All right. I'm not trying to be discouraging, but that's just, that's just the way it is. And the Bible, it doesn't sugarcoat anything. If you're ugly and you look in the Bible, it's going to show you ugly, figuratively speaking. All right. You can be ugly and righteous at the same time. You know, and a good person. But, but no, it, it's going to reveal those things. And it's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be a pretty thing. But, you know, we want to know. You know, hopefully you want to know. That's why we look in the mirror. Even though we don't always like what we see, we want to make sure we got all the boogers off our face and, you know, we've got all the, you know, stuff off our teeth and things like that. You want to make sure of that. And it needs to be, we need to be the same way with the Word of God. All right, I might find out some unpleasant truths. I might be horrified by what I see, but I need to see it so I can fix it. That's why we have the Word of God and it will, it will do that. And so praying for cleansing in your life and for God to reveal your sin this is, this is one that's going to be guaranteed to get answered. Okay. And let me show you this passage. Uh, we all know this one. First John 513. It says, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe in the name of the son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Now, why do we know that we are saved when we ask, when we call on the Lord for salvation? Well, for one, we know, here's one thing about, when it comes to God's will, there's a lot of things we don't always know what God's will is. And those are a lot of things we pray about. Lord, show me your will in this area. When it comes to whether or not uh, God wants you to be saved, there is no question on that. It is God's will for you to be saved. That is God's will for you to be saved. We know that. It's a fact. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So when you go to God, believing that He will save you, and you ask Him to save you, if it was His will to save you, then of course He is going to answer that prayer. You're saved. You know that. Okay. Now again, there's a lot of things. Some of you have been praying that the Lord will make you a millionaire. I'm not sure if it's God's will for you to be a millionaire. I, I don't know that. It could be. I don't, I don't know if that's God's will or not. I don't know if it's God's will for you to get that new car that you're thinking about getting or whatever. I don't know about those things. But you know what? If you're praying and asking God about showing the sin that's in your life, and like, you know, Lord, you know, do you want me to quit stealing? You know, God's going God's gonna to tell you. <laughs> 
God's going to reveal that to you. God is going, God is going to reveal that sin that's in your life because it is God's will for you to remove that sin from your life. I promise he's going to come through on that. He's going to show you what you need to know. It is God's will for you to find out what's wrong in your life. And it's God's will for you to deal with it. And so if you do, if you go to God in prayer, if you go to, when you go to say your prayer tonight, and if you pray and you ask the Lord to reveal sin in your life, and if he doesn't do it, I promise it's because you're not willing to listen and God knows it. God knows you. God knows your heart. You might have deceived yourself and think, well, you know, I, I really do want to know. No, if God doesn't show you anything, it's because you don't want to know. You don't want to know. And folks, that's why so many people reject truth today is they just don't want the truth. That's not, that's not what they want to hear. And unfortunately, God isn't in the business of just telling people what they want to hear. He's in the business of telling people the truth. And the truth is often a very unpleasant thing. And the truth is where we should all be starting when it comes to, you know, or the, the truth of where we should all be starting when it comes to our prayer life and, and growing as a Christian is getting the sin out of our life. That should, be, that should be one of the first things we're praying for, but it's one thing that's missing from many Christians' prayer life. We don't talk to God about these things. Many today, so they, they want to start out with getting knowledge. I said, right, I got saved. I want that knowledge now. I want to be real smart so I can go debate people. And I can, you know, I, I want to start a YouTube channel teaching everybody things so everybody will think I'm real smart. No, that, that's not, you don't start out with that. You know, you start out, all right, Lord, I, I'm new to this thing. You saved me from my sin. And, you know, you, I've received imputed righteousness, but now it's very clear in, you, in your word, you want me to put off this old man. And you want me to put on this new man. Lord, how do I do that? What does that look like? What do I need to put off? And like most of you in here, you're going to be too scared to pray, Lord, what do you want me to remove from my life? That's, that's scary. You know, that's why most of the husbands, you don't go to your wife, you know, Lord, or not Lord, or, or you don't go to your wife in the house and say, you know, what needs done around the house? You're terrified of what she might answer. You know, she, you know she, she might say the dishes or something like that, or the laundry, and it's like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. You know, you know why you don't ask her what she needs help with? Because you're pretty sure she's going to tell you something and you don't want to help. <laughs> and the reason, and the reason she hasn't, well, she, you know, she should just say something to me about it. Well, she doesn't say anything to you about it because she knows you're not going to help. And it's the same, that's how we are in our relationship with God. We're afraid to ask him what we need to change in our life because we know he'll tell us. And God's not telling you anything. So God should just tell me, no, he's not telling you anything because you know you're not going to listen. Decide right now, I'm going to listen. I'm going to, I want my life to change for the better. And this will change your life for the better. But there will be some pain involved. Purging is going to be pain, a painful process. But it will be worth it. I can promise you that. And many today, they're just, they're wanting to get that knowledge only so they can be puffed up. They want to learn what everybody else's problems are so they can go beat them over the head of the Bible. That's not what God's looking for. You know, and this is where we should start. But most people are trying to bypass this very important part of being a Christian. This is part of being a Christian, folks. Part of being a Christian, you know, soul winning is a big part of being a Christian, giving people the gospel, 
all that kind of stuff, going to church. These things are a big part of being a Christian. But another major part of being a Christian is purging the sin from our life, becoming more like Christ. Part of the Great Commission is also teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. You know what? Most of us in here, we're afraid to ask, what are all those things? I'm supposed to learn those things. And some of them aren't pleasant, but I believe if you're willing, if you're ready, God's going to show it to you. He's going to show you. He will, he'll, he'll rock your world if you'll do that. And so that prayer right there of search me, O God, and know my heart, try me and know my ways, see if there be any wicked way in me, lead me in the way everlasting. That prayer right there will drastically change your life if you pray it and if you pray it in sincerity. And I believe God will answer that prayer. Guarantee it. I can't guarantee it. He'll answer that prayer for you to win the lottery tomorrow. I'm pretty sure he won't. He will answer that one. I recommend you pray that. So let's pray. Dear Lord, I pray that all of us will uh, just take this message to heart. Help us to uh, and just have that desire to be like you. Lord, it just seems like uh, in modern Christianity, we've just lost that desire for holy living and uh, just be, being more like you. And I pray you'll help us to get back to that. Lord, we see that that was a, a constant focus uh, in the scriptures. Paul talked about it all the time. But Lord, uh, that blessed hope that Paul talked about of being like you one of these days has just turned into more of a blessed hope of escaping our problems on this earth. And I pray you'll help us to get back to that um, original mindset that they had back then. And you'll help us to uh, put off that old man and put on the new man. In your name we pray. Amen.